It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome back to the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Good morning, Gordon. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Awesome. <laughs> yeah? I was waiting for you to follow up with a bit more description. I'm doing fine. No, I'm doing fine. I heard running, a rumor. I'm... Oh, what's really? The rumor was you listened to the pod yesterday. Mine I did. I listened to the full okay. pod from second one all the way to minute 59, 48 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was a good pod. You know, I, I, yeah, I used to listen to all the non Gordon Mac pods like during the start of quarantine. <laughs> Cause I need something to do. But then over time I kind of was like, uh, I'm going to stop listening. Now this is bad because now I'm telling people not to listen to our own pod. If you're listening, keep listening, but you know, I got back on the onto the wagon. I started listening to some of yeah. your, the non Gordon Mac pods, and not gonna lie, they're, they're kind of better than the Gordon Mac pods. So I'm probably gonna keep listening. Well, we had the benefit of being able to talk about a, a meet races and fast times, right? That that's what the podcast would be like if the pandemic never happened. Not that everybody would be running twelve forty seven and fourteen twenty three every single week, but there'd at least be a headline each week or each each couple of days that we could talk about, especially during during an Olympic year. That's what it could have been. Yeah, and because we do a little rotation, like basically we do three to four a week, we rotate who we're potting with. It's always about kind of like a luck of the draw about the topic. Like you guys got to talk about all-time great 5Ks, and we get to talk about another marathon getting canceled. So uh, we're like, it's just kind of <laughs> like finding out what's for dinner. You know, like, ooh, what's mom making me for dinner? tonight oh it's you find out like mom orders chinese food you're like oh this is exciting or mom you know make some good pasta and then you find out mom made meatloaf and then you had to do a meatloaf pod and sometimes Mm -hmm. we have to do meatloaf pods but sometimes we have you know ordering mcdonald's pods right and you had a mcdonald's (laughs) level pod where you got some nice french fries and juicy burgers remember mcdonald's as a kid it used to be like it felt like the best thing ever. But when you eat McDonald's as a 30-year-old, it feels like the worst thing ever. Did the food mm-hmm. change or did we change? I think you've asked me that on this pod before. Uh, I and I said we changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We changed. We changed. Okay. We changed. Food is pretty much the same. Day to day, hour to hour, year to year at McDonald's. I mean, maybe way back in the day, they did – they cut fewer corners, but – 20 years ago, I think it was pretty much the same. What did you what did you think about what did you think about Lincoln's Mohamed should go for the world record take? I I got to be honest, I didn't think about that going in. My my mind didn't immediately go there, but he he certainly talked me into it by the end of the episode. I think what would happen if he were to try to go for the world record would be exactly what happened to Lopez Lemong. Lopez Lemong basically tried to run the American record, you could say. Right, he was probably mm-hmm. going to run twelve low fifty pace, and then he died and runs twelve fifty eight. Right, so I think if Mohamed were to try to attempt to run the world record, he would be on pace for maybe eighty percent of the race, and then that final twenty percent he falls apart and still runs like a twelve fifty seven or twelve fifty five. It'll still be a great time. So I think, yeah, why? But not? should he do it? But I guess is my is my is my question. Not not will he get it, but should he should he try? It just seems like such a bold move to go after a Bekele world record that's been around for a while. But as Lincoln was saying, he's never going to get a better opportunity than right now. And 10 seconds away, while it's still a long way away, it's a lot closer than most people are to it. Yeah, but I also don't think that Mo himself and his coach feel like the door's closing. I feel like they probably think the door is wide open and that the need for a world record isn't the most important thing for them. You know, I mean, 
Jerry's wait, team. A world record really is not the most important thing. <laughs> what is that? Wait, what did you just no. say? The world record is not the most important thing. It's not. I feel like the it should important... be up there with an Olympic gold medal, and then it should no. be a world record. The most important thing to Jerry, I think, is being healthy and in race shape and fit to be able to make teams and do the best at the most important moments of his season. Now, the most important important moment of Mohamed's season isn't going to be till 2021 August because you know, he's obviously going to qualify in Canada. So that's the only, you know, like I think about like Jerry did this. They literally ran like a 13 last year, flashback to last year. Woody Kincaid runs. What did he run in a 5k at like the sunset tour or Portland? He runs like a oh, 13. Missed the standard. Yeah. They missed the, yeah, standard. He missed yeah. the standard. Yeah. But they run like, they don't try to get the standard. They ran it like a race. They ran like 1340 or 1330, whatever. And then he goes on to get top three at USA's. And then he goes on to run 12 sub 13 in the 5K. So clearly he could have. But I think Jerry just doesn't, just does what he wants to do. I feel like he doesn't go by what we think his athletes should do. He does what Jerry thinks they should do. And if Jerry thinks Shelby should have go two full years without being in a fast 5K, He's going to do that because then he gets hurt in a fast 5K this past weekend. If yeah. Jerry thinks Woody Kincaid isn't going to need to run the standard and he's just going to race and see what happens at USA's and get the experience of finishing top three at USA's, and then he'll have his 1257 or whatever he ran, 1258 in Portland a few months later. That's what Jerry does. It doesn't make sense because in my mind I think, oh, Woody Kincaid, he probably could have made a world team. He could have been running in Doha and not at the Portland local track meet. But yeah. Jerry does what Jerry does, and we just have to listen to it, I guess. I mean, maybe Jerry cares so much about the Olympics that, like, he doesn't care about any other in and out, like, w doesn't care about any other highs and lows except for the ultimate high of having the biggest Olympic team possible. And yeah, then, and... Well, I mean, that's, you can't really argue with the results. It's like, yeah, some people didn't get the standard last year, but he's also coached five men under 13. He's got Shelby Houlihan with American records in the 15 and the five. He's got Courtney Frerichs with the steeple record and a world championship silver medal. He's got Christian Schweizer, now the second best women's 5,000 meter runner in in the country one of the best in the world dropping tons of time. You can't argue with it. All I'm saying is I get it. You prioritize making teams, but there's gotta be a point when you get to a certain time that that gets flipped. And we're not saying, Oh, Mohamed has a chance. Should he continue to chase sub 13 or some arbitrary to, or is he, is, should he continue to, to, to go after these fast times and, and, and try to get this, this mark or knock off this thing. It's the pinnacle. It's the ultimate achievement. Is the is the world record? I'm not saying it's more important than than an Olympic gold medal, but you could do both because you have one this year and then one next year. And I I just think we get into this whole thing about times don't matter. Times don't matter. But at the very very top, the times do matter, right? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, they, they do matter. And maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe he secretly is thinking about Mo trying to get the world record, and he's waiting to see what happens in what Monaco. Because aren't they trying to, aren't they trying to run run a fast five k in Monaco? Yeah, Joshua Chapter guy is yeah. saying he's going after the world record, which is weird. Everybody's talking about Bekele like, like he's just uh, <laughs> he's beatable now. Uh, Lincoln, Joshua Chapter guy, everybody's taking their shots now. He's just like. It's kind of like Jordan, and that's why Jordan put out, you know, they finally just said, we got to get this documentary together because there's a lot of people questioning my legacy. But Kayleigh's got to do the last dance here and, uh, and and put something out. Yeah, they're going after a fast one. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go to Monaco. I I thought the whole point of, you know, running these races was they wouldn't really need to travel and wouldn't need to worry about all the stuff that's going to go into effect. No. I'm just interested at the threat. Like, at what point, how close do you need to get before you think, okay, this is a worthy endeavor. Like if you ran twelve forty one or something, is was in within four seconds of it, or if you ran twelve thirty nine, then do you say, hey, man, I did that with this huge negative split. What if we just made the pacing a bit more ambitious? Not saying it's going to happen, but you'd at least have to entertain that thought, right? 
Okay, so let's do some math. Mm-hmm. He's what ten seconds away from the world record. Yeah, yeah. So you could say, could you argue that's the equivalent of being three and a half seconds, three seconds away from a mile world record? Well, ten seconds record? is ten seconds is a little less than a second a lap. So sure. Well, you know, because a five k is three times the distance of a mile. Right. Right, right, right. 10 divided by 3. Potato, yeah. potato, right. we got it all. Yeah. So, what's the mile world record? 343. So, it'd be like someone running 346. Be like Alan yeah. Webb. If, yeah. If you run 346, <laughs> if you go out there and run 346, if you, Mohamed, Mohamed runs 346, he's going to be like, hey, maybe I can run 343. So, I, I mean, wouldn't you think that? It makes that? sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a 10 seconds is like forever, but I guess it's really not forever when you're getting, I don't know. Well, what's, if you think about it, like, terms? so it'll be like a, a second and a half, 800 terms. So yeah, it's I mean, still it'll be a long like shot. Running, yeah. Be like running a 142. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's, Diamond Brazier's thinking world record now on it isn't on his mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Again. And, and I, I still think it's, it's a long shot. It's, it's still, not going to be something that is likely to happen. I'm just wondering as an athlete, when do you say, Hey, let's go for this thing. Let's and, and a coach, let's say, let's just throw out the playbook because we're farther along than we thought we were. And, and let's try to do it while we're scheduling hypothetical races though. I want to ask you this. Um, Cause you saw the Chicago marathon got canceled, which we don't need to belabor that point. We knew it was going to get canceled. Everything else in the fall has been canceled except for the London marathon. We don't know what's going to happen with that. And, and NCAA cross country has not been canceled or, okay. I thought you, I thought you were breaking yet. news no. here. No, no. Right. We'll get to your, we'll get to your sources in a little bit. Cause I want you to give me an update on, on what, what, what the people are saying about NCAA cross, but London, there's a good chance it gets canceled. I think everybody would, would say that at this point, just because it's a mass race, but we want, we want Bekele and Kipchoge, right? We want Bekele and Kipchoge to face off. And we've seen a lot of road races, right, since the pandemic. We're seeing more track meets. There's going to be track meets in Europe. I know you talked about on a previous pod with Lincoln flying everybody to Hawaii to run the ultimate marathon. But why yes. don't we just – why don't we get we get a loop course? We get a multiple lap course in Monaco – if the weather's good or find some other city that has good weather in Europe, get Bekele, get Kipchoge, get a bunch of rabbits on a loop course, make it record eligible and just go for this thing before the window closes. Yeah. hundred percent. They should totally do okay. that. I mean, it's, I feel like it'd be really easy to create an atmosphere that is COVID friendly. You know, I mean, you just find like a Formula One racetrack type atmosphere, right? That's just like no one's allowed in except for like the 20 people. They're all going to be outside. It's not going to be a dangerous atmosphere. I mean, you literally, it is a, a law that you don't need to wear a mask when you run. So like that is our sport literally is like the one sport where like when you do it, you're actually good. <laughs> like you're, yeah. you're fine when you yeah. run, you know, so yeah. um I think they should, but you know, it costs money. Uh, it costs. It, it requires buy-in from everyone. I don't. Do you think London yeah. is going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't know. Do you think they'll I'm, do an elite only? Okay, so well, that's my question, right? I think an elite only could happen. I just don't know if they're going to. It's worth it financially, and that's why you'd almost need to. You know how the Inspiration Games? It was like. That was the Zurich Diamond League meet, but they sprinkled it out throughout the world. You'd almost need to do something similar where you have the London Marathon is being hosted in Monaco on a loop course. It was some a city that's big-ish, but not crazy big, mid-sized city maybe. And, but you need, you need all the money and resources of London, right? Because you'd need to be able to pay Kipchoge and Bekele, and you'd need to be able to bring in a bunch of rabbits this is what we should do 
I came up with an even better idea than my Hawaiian marathon idea. When you get the world marathon majors, pick up the phone. Then you say, yo, get Boston on the phone. Hey, get New York City on the phone. Get Chicago on the phone. Get London on the phone. Even get Tokyo on the phone. And we have, mm-hmm. we like, all right, we need, we call all these people and like, hey, who are, who's your most beloved male and female athlete of your marathon? Chicago's going to be like, ooh, Galen Rupp is our, is our, is our male athlete. I'm not sure who they're, who, who would say is the Chicago female athlete. I don't know. Regardless. Right. You know, Boston's going to be like, all right, we got to get Dez, right? Mm-hmm. And then we want to get. Lawrence Toronto. Sure. There. New York City's going to be like, ooh, we need this person, that person, right? And they all get, they all get their duo. And then we literally have them. It, you can run a marathon in a city and not like create more risk for the people around you. If it's just you and a cameraman on a bicycle, you're not going to spread COVID. So what they need to do is they're all going to run a marathon in their respective world marathon major cities. And then we get to see them all just rip a fast marathon by themselves. And it's all going to be, you know, not split screen, but like quad screen or quintuple screen. It's going to be amazing. And then we get to see who has what, what, what marathon wins. It's literally going to be London versus Tokyo versus Berlin versus versus mm. Boston versus Chicago. It's going to be great. All, so that's what we all those courses are, all those courses are the same. So that would make sense. No, that's a terrible idea. You started off with a good idea and then it got, terrible. you would watch it. You would watch it. Well, that's if not the standard idea. for if something's good. Yes. I watched a lot of San Antonio Spurs basketball this year before it got canceled. I'm not above watching things that drive me crazy. Listen, you started with a good idea, though. Everybody gets two, and then they go into this pool, and they run the super marathon in the okay, yeah. in, in the city. Hawaii. So put them in the same place. There's no – look, we saw – was it two months ago when the Ingebrigtsens ran that road 5K in Oslo? So you can do small small road races. And, again, if you if you don't do it in London, New York, or these massive – cities i don't think you need to worry about crowds you may have to worry about crowds anyway because people might be like wait why do i care about these elite marathoners running through my city i'm going to go back to bed right that may not even be an issue and i think if you do it on a small enough course you can make sure that it's safe that's what i would in a park that like no one's allowed to go into like right exactly that yeah yeah. i think if we don't get kipchoge and bekele now I don't think we're going to get them again when they're both in this type of form. And that's why I'd like to, why I'd like to see it. Now, again, we don't know. London might come up with something creative and maybe the reason they're waiting so long is because they are trying to come up with some sort of solution to this. And maybe they are trying to salvage the elite race in some form or fashion, but man, just get them. If they're doing a, if they're doing a track meet in Monaco, right. If they're in a track meet in Monaco, You've been to Monaco. What's the weather like? I think it's it's runnable for a marathon. Beautiful. beautiful. Okay, cool. It's hot. So okay, that's not good. We don't want hot. So beautiful, beautiful and hot are contradictory terms when it comes to the marathon. Yeah, now I think about that. Sorry. No, I mean maybe it was just hot that day. I've only been there twice. Like I said, I've only been to Monaco twice. Uh, (laughs) Did you take a picture on a Maserati? Like everybody who goes there, it's like, look at these cars. Everybody takes that same photograph. Did you take one of those yeah. in front of the fancy cars? I did not take a. I didn't take a photo with the fancy car. I, it was my one. My room was though on the, like had a window view of like the actual like famous curve that they have for the Formula One race in Monaco, like, mm, that, like okay. sharp like, two hundred seventy degree curve. I had a view of that. I don't know. I kind of yeah. I almost went to Monaco a third time, but I was like, I've been there twice. I don't need to go a third time. It's. I mean, I it's, remember it's this. cool, but it's like it's not really a. I know. Yeah, it's not. It's very beautiful. the The sidewalks are made. You of gotta marble, have money, though, which right? Which is like the worst. Have... Which, which is the worst decision of of a material for a sidewalk, marble. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's not great for running. I was like running, and I was like, "Why? This is slippery!" Like, and then I had to like move away <laughs> to go somewhere else. I was like, "Why do they make marble sidewalks?" Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a cool place. It felt like what? I was inside of a postcard. Yeah. It seems like you have to have money to really enjoy yourself there. Correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't, like, go out to any restaurant. I was just, like, only eating the hotel food and, like, I didn't really tourist it. Like, I didn't try to go on a yacht or on a boat. You know, I just walked around. 
and I was by myself, yeah. so I'm like, whatever. Yeah, it's like it's like going down to Las Vegas Strip when you're 14. It's like, oh, there's all this cool stuff, and I can't do any of it. But in this case, you were 25 and just didn't have enough money, so and we're in Monaco. Uh, what are you? What are you? What are you hearing in terms of NCAA stuff? What's the latest? Anything you can report or not report? Yeah. So obviously we we know last week there's some big like movement right big 10 pac 12 went to conference only football schedule which is kind of confusing so what does that mean for cross country because cross country is a sport that doesn't have like an official like team schedule uh Mm -hmm. patriot league and ivy league cancel their seasons speaking of that i'll get to patriot league and ivy league canceling their seasons the northeast and mid-atlantic region is going to turn like they need to combine it like because they're just losing like all their good teams because that's where they all, like, no Ivy League and no uh, Patriot League. It's just like, there's like, yeah, there's no, like, if, if another, like, team from that area, like, dare I say it, Big East were to cancel um, their their fall sports, then <laughs> it's going to be, like, the 10th best, like, Northeast team is going to become the second best Northeast team because it'll just be Syracuse mm-hmm. and Iona or whatever. Um, but... So, yeah, anyway, obviously there's all these movements. I talked to a Big te- big East coach. Big East coach said that they're meeting tomorrow to discuss Olympic sports. Obviously, the Big East cross-country coaches are going to be, hey, don't, don't cancel our season. We want to have it, right? But the thing about Big East, which is a unique one, Big East isn't a Power 5 football, right? And mm-hmm. I can see Big East, like, now this is just me. I'm not reporting this. Uh, but I can see Big East canceling fall sports because they probably look at football as a loss anyway, right? They probably don't make money. I mean, saw what happened to was is UConn in the AAC? I don't know if UConn was UConn a Big East. AAC. School? I don't know. AAC. I, anyway, uh, but the Big East, like Villanova football, isn't making money. It's Villanova basketball. So I could see Big East like cancel fall sports and then say, "Hey, winter sports are." delay to January 1 or whatever. And if that were to happen, that would be huge for cross-country because think about it. There's no Providence. There's no Villanova. There's no Georgetown. Like, and uh, that would have a big... Because right now, losing Army, Navy, Lehigh, Cornell, Princeton, like, it does matter. And There's a few, like, at-large teams that make it or, like, automatic qualifier teams that make it, but it's not... Right now, we haven't seen like a title contending team, podium contending team, or top 20 contending individual get like removed from the field. And I think mm-hmm. if Big East were to get removed, that's, you know, taking out a Villanova, you're taking out Georgetown, you're taking out some some good perennial like national qualifying teams, teams that can throw up top 10 type performances. That would be uh, devastating. So Big East is meeting on Wednesday to talk about that. Again, I have no idea which way they're going to go. I'm thinking that I'm thinking more worst case scenario than best case scenario. I did just get a text though from a Big Ten coach. Uh, they met on a call this morning, and as of right now, the Big Ten is committed to trying to make sure they have a football season and have Olympic sports happen. So that was mm-hmm. like I think this is a thing is like when. The news happens that Ivy League is canceled, that Patriot League is canceled, that these conferences are going conference only. I think our brains as fans and just as people think, oh, this is the domino. It's going to get canceled. Like everything, all bad news. Like it's just one-on-one. When eventually it's all just going to drop, right? But I think that no one – because no one – Big Ten isn't going to come out and say, we are doing everything we can to have a season because that's not newsworthy, Right. Like, right. these conferences are trying really hard to make sure they have it. Like, they're not just, like, waiting to, like, cancel. Like, these conferences need this money, <laughs> and they need to have it. And if they don't have it, it's like, you know, it's like one of those – it's kind of like, you know, you, you can shut down the economy to save us, but then if there's a point when you shut down an economy for too long, and then it's worse, right, when, when everyone's in poverty. It's not better than, you know, everyone being sick, whatever, regardless. Well, but yeah. yeah, what I'm trying to say is Big Ten right now. A correction is here. He's, yeah, UConn is UConn's. Back in the Big East. They're back in the Big East. 
Yeah, yeah. AAC the Big East. Uh, I think I think of this from the perspective of not like, oh, this team's gone. That's going to leave a big hole in this region or that meet. I just see it with each conference. It gets closer and closer to pushing a Power 5 conference. And then once it pushes a Power 5 conference, then you're going to have the rest of the those five, right? So it's like, if you're saying Big East is teetering, well, Big East, I think, has a little bit more influence on what the Pac-12 does than maybe the Patriot League would, for example, right? Wouldn't you agree with that? Like each one gets a little bit more larger and more prominent, and that gives that puts more and more pressure on the ones that are remaining to then take the same position. That's that's how that's how I view it, and that's you know that's informed slightly by what happened in the spring, but also just it kind of makes sense. Like the SEC is not going to cancel because the Ivy League is canceling, right? But the SEC might cancel if the Big Ten and the ACC cancel. But like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But like, I think there has yet to be an FBS conference that has canceled, right? And even if Big East were to cancel, that's not FBS, right? That's FCS. That's the Division One AA mm-hmm. for football. So I think yeah. even though there are Division One conferences canceling, I think the pressure really won't start to hit Power Five until, say, like a Mountain West were to cancel or right. yeah. Like ones that are actually competing in the bowl championship series. Like, I'm not sure how many of those there are. There's not that many, right? But there, you know. Well, there's the there's the group of five. So there's a power five, right? And then there's the the other group of five five. conferences, right? Exactly. So, but that's how you get there, right? You don't immediately jump to okay, well, the Big Twelve's not playing, right? It's it's the cumulative effect of all these other conferences beating on the door. You uh you came up with your proposal last week about how to do if they do move cross country this spring how it would work and we got an email on that same topic that I want you to weigh in on. Is that is that does that sound good? Yeah. Dude, I haven't read our flow track emails in mm-hmm. since since like beginning of quarantine, so I kind of feel bad. Have you been keeping track of the emails? Uh, of course, because we got this one from Brendan okay. from New Hampshire, which okay. I'll read to you cool. now. Says I was. It's a long one, so you got to pay attention. But you'll like it because it's detailed. I was texting one of my former teammates, and we came up with a plan that gives the most opportunities of athletes for potentially simultaneous spring cross country and track season. Breaks it down into categories. So national schedule. He says eliminate the 10K from NCAA championships and have Eugene host an NCAA cross championships the day before NCAA outdoors and move all men's and women's finals for the 15 steeple 5K to day four with the 15 and steeple semis being day three. This allows for a minimum of two days rest in between cross and another event if the athletes choose to double back, as opposed to one day for athletes attempting a 10K, 5K double. Qualifying for NCAA outdoors. For 800 and below and field events, everything is the same as normal with east-west prelims. For the 15 steeple 5K events, most likely impacted by runners in cross country, those events will be qualified by the best marks as it is for indoors. Five additional spots in the 5K will be added for the top five finishers in the cross-country championships who are not scheduled to run in an event on the track. Qualifying for NCAA cross. Same nine regions as normal, but top three teams from each region plus individuals in the top 25 qualify. While this hurts the deeper regions as far as sending teams to nationals, it likely won't impact the quality of the meet of or podium finishers anyway. Additional rule to keep some semblance of normal cross-country season teams must compete in a minimum of two regular season meets, three team minimum, aside from NCAA regionals or conference championship meets to be eligible for the NCAA meet. While bigger teams may run B teams to allow top athletes to chase NCAA qualifying marks, there will be more opportunities for athletes at smaller schools to be competitive and big school athletes who may be buried on the depth chart, the opportunity to compete. That's it. That's Brendan from New That's Hampshire. <laughs> All right. So it's a lot to... I. It's a lot. I'm sure most of our listeners or viewers probably got lost in the middle of that four-paragraph proposal. Uh, So mainly he's saying, I mean, take out the whole qualifying aspect of it because that's complicated in its own. I I want to think about what's the idea of NCAA cross-country and NCAA outdoor championships happening in the same weekend and how that would affect an athlete who's trying to do both or one or the other or how that would affect teams. So I like the idea of eliminating – okay, so you eliminate the 10K and just replace it with a cross-country 10K. That makes sense, right? I'm in. I'm in. Just do that I'm every in. year. Yeah. 
do that every year. Yeah, ten K track is most worst event ever. Uh, okay. So then he says, so cross country. So I'm, the day before NTA outdoors. So cross country championships will be on a Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, um. So then, what well, should be on so a Tuesday? You can say it before it be a Tuesday because right now, right now the meet starts oh, yeah, on Wednesday. Tuesday. Right, it goes Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. A, yeah. So Tuesday you run the cross country championship. Just so say you're trying to run. Say you're a fifteen hundred meter runner, right? Who is mm-hmm. trying to be on the cross country? So you run you run a ten k on Tuesday, and then on mm-hmm. Thursday you run yeah. a fifteen hundred prelim, and then Saturday you run a fifteen hundred final. Yeah. Let's do it. What do you think of that? Do you think? And then if you're, uh, you can also just do a double 10k cross country and then just run straight 5k final. Yeah, I mean it's in, it's crazy, but every find me a proposal that's not yours was slightly less crazy, but it was, it was crazy in different ways, right? Like I, mean, I, the, I don't like something's got to give if you're gonna do all this stuff. If if the alternative is then just cancel it because it's difficult to run two seasons at once. Okay. People might 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 be in fear from that, but if you're gonna actually do it, you're gonna have you're coming up with some plan that's not ideal. I mean, it makes sense for the five k, ten k. Like, okay, you're running a ten k and then a five k, whatever. The thing I I have trouble with is the fifteen hundred people because how many people is huge, that? It's gonna be a huge advantage if you don't have to run on a cross country team. Like, if you just yeah, well, then you don't have to. You don't have to. I mean, how many fifteen hundred people are are impactful are members of their cross country team? That are going to make that, that are going to. Okay. Well, but by this Oliver point, though, Hoare. right? Waleed Suleiman. Is gone pro. Okay. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like, those but are t- those there's types 20, of guys. Okay. But there's 24 people, right? That are making the meet by this point. The 1500 will have been down to 24. Am I, am I not mistaken there? Yeah. Okay. Let's, so, look, at, let's look at let's look at last year's 2019 uh, people who made the meet. Do you remember? Okay. People who made up. the meet in 2019. Yeah. Okay. So here, Justine Kipertich. So I'm going to look at I'm going to look at the people and see how many of them matter to their cross country team. Oliver Hoare, he matters. Yared Nagus, he matters. Talon Franco, no. Mick Stanisvanek, no. Casey Comer, matters. Cameron Griffith, matters. Edward Herrera, matters. Joe Murphy, no. Torfi, no. William Paulson, no. Sam Worley, matters. Six. Casey Nevelbard, matters. Justin Kiprotich, no. George Cush, matters. Like, I'm going through it. Like, uh, Carlos Fridley Rao, matters. No, he, he does matter. Wally Sumo, matters. Logan Wetzel, matters. Ryan Adams, uh, maybe. Reed Brown, kind of. Like, you could argue that okay. 10 of the 24 people who are in the 1500 are going to have to run cross country. How- I know, but how many of those people impacted the NCAA cross country championships? Uh, you could argue that Oliver Hoare and Yaren Nagus do. Okay, they're like two. top. They're like guys who can finish in the top thirty. Okay. If you take a top thirty guy off your team, you go from being like a top ten team to being like a twentieth place team. Because then the, you think My... about sure, think about someone like Oliver Hoare, right? Think about this: if he doesn't run the Wisconsin team, that Wisconsin team becomes. Instead of a top 10 program, it becomes like a top 25. So okay. the pressure for Hoare is like, hey, we want you to sacrifice your freshness for your 1500 so we can become, we can jump from 25th place to 12th place, right? That's going to be hard sell to Oliver Hoare. Hold on. Like, yeah. Hold on. We're going from 25th to 12th. So, so now you're standing up for the health and well being of Oliver Hoare when two indoor seasons ago you had Oliver Hoare signed up <laughs> for the mile. The DMR, the 3K, and the poor guy did all of them and looked like a zombie by the end. And now you're worried about Oliver Hoare over racing in this hypothetical yes, yes. scenario of which he's not even in college anymore. He's, he's not even competing okay, in anymore. Yared Nagus is a perfect example. Notre Dame men have a shot to be a podium team for sure. But they're not going to be okay. a podium team if Yared isn't running. They're not. The, so that's, the thing that you're missing, that's an interesting- you're not looking, you should be, your stronger argument would be with the women. Your stronger argument would be with women because even though it is 6K, you're getting a lot of 1,500-meter runners there, right? Jessica Hull really mattered in terms of when she ran cross. 
right? Someone like the, 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 that the Danny Jones, women, Ella Donahue, Dan yeah, Jones, Ella Donahue, Jessica Lawson. Yeah. 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 But it's my point is there's going to be multiple people impacted by whatever, whatever plan you choose. It's just a matter of who you want to disrupt, who you want to make it difficult on. Right. Because your plan, yeah. if you're stretching it out, if you're basically running the season in April, right, which is your plan, well, that's that's putting uh, that's still putting a toll on people. It, sh- it just might be a different type of toll. What do you think about but their I feel qualifying like the toll plan? of having to go hard in April isn't going to affect your June performance the same way going hard on a Tuesday is going to affect your Thursday performance. Well, a lot of people stress fractures might disagree with you. What do you think of his qualifying? Thoughts. So, kept everything the same. So he basically took away regionals. Is that what he yep. did? Yep. Yep. Took away like prelim. Took away outdoor prelims for distance events. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm okay with that. We don't need outdoor prelims for distance events. Okay. So you're with him but on the that hard. One. The, 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 the 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 but the one negative though is then you have to run fast during the regular season. And when are you going to mm-hmm. do that? Like, when are you going to run a fast 5K? Because if you, it's only going to be top, if it's only going to be like top 24. Yeah. Like, here's what you I think have to make sure you get I, a top 24 mark. Here's what I think is going to happen. And I don't know this. I didn't talk to anybody. But here's what I think is going to happen. I think if they don't do cross country in the fall, they're going to wait till next fall. Because I think they'll look at this and they'll say, if we do this this way, we're watering down track and we're watering down cross country. Why don't we just do one thing well and then do cross country in 2021? I think that's what they would do. Yeah. I think You're the coaches would be for that too. I'm saying they, they wouldn't would try cancel. to do it. Because yeah. then also, You're, like, there's the eligibility issue. Like, do you want to waste a year of eligibility on this weird cross country performance? Yeah. yeah. And I was talking. Go ahead. I was talking to a coach who said that they would consider redshirting their entire team. This is like a prominent distance program coach uh, because say they did have this season this year and there's like these crazy protocols and say one of your top five athletes gets an asymptomatic COVID case on November 3rd. Yeah. And like they don't have a cough. They just – but it's like, hey, you're out. And it's like, what? Like like, do you want to – so basically, you pull you you use their season of eligibility all for them to not to be able to compete. Like yeah. that would be the worst waste of it. Because in cross country, eligibility is such an important factor, right? It's like you want to make sure you have you use your four years at the right moment, right? And mm-hmm. if in that, and then you also think about what if the the season even gets canceled, right? What if you have a regular yeah. season and then what happens indoor happens, right? And then you're like, wow, we just wasted a year of cross country eligibility so they could compete at the nutty comb invite. You'll be like, Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I mean, I personally think, yeah. Well, exactly. I would be worried. I'd be worried about both those scenarios, but the one that jumped out to me immediately was the season getting canceled because that's entirely a hundred. That's a hundred percent out of your control. Cause I could, you could, you could have done everything right and you could be in awesome shape and you could be right there in, in Stillwater the day before and something could happen and the whole thing could get pulled so yeah like look think of all the races that went into the indoor season on both the men's and women's distance like just to get the quality like all the work all the flying they did across the country to run fast times be it in seattle or boston or wherever it was and then right up to the precipice and you can't run the national championships that's what that's what i would be concerned about that's what would keep me up at night but these coaches are they're risk averse in general so I, i don't think they'd be like oh yeah Let's throw our, our let's have our top runner run four 10Ks over the span of two months. Even though you and I would be like, well, they can do that. Back in the day, they did that all the time. I think they would just say, you know what? We're redshirting it, or we're just going to put, we're going to put these runners into cross and these runners into track. Or if given the vote, given the choice, they would just say, let's just start over with cross country in the fall. Do you know what I think is going to happen? I think that, mm-hmm. uh, we a team say say we did have cross country I'm, i like to think that we're gonna have it you know i'm gonna think positive on today on july 14th i'm thinking we're having a cross country 
screw it. No negativity on today, July 14th. All right, so say we do have a cross-country season. I think that what's going to happen is coaches are going to be on on their toes. They're going to be like on edge because they're going to be like, we don't want to screw up our team's chances, right? And I think every athlete who has a red shirt left, like can still red shirt, like they haven't used up their red shirt year, won't run the regular season. They will probably mm-hmm. do like simulated races at home, but they will if say you're like a top five guy too. You have to be like a top five. Person, right. you're like a score. You should run attack. You run run right. on attach, right? So you make sure you're you're getting the season going and you're staying in race shape and all that stuff. And then you don't pull the red shirt literally until the morning of NCAAs. Because you want to be able to preserve the catastrophe of a season getting canceled and not waste a, a season on people who can't like if you're a fifth year you got to run anyway there's no point of being cautious because you're not gonna you're not gonna get it back mm-hmm. anyway but if you're a person who's like a a true junior and you could use that extra year i think like like you look at like nau right lewis Grohalva hasn't redshirted yet uh nico young obviously hasn't redshirted yet and drew bosley those are three people who have redshirt left they probably if any of you were to do this those three people even though they're top five guys they probably won't run until NCAAs. Because if the season gets canceled, then all their all their red shirts are stayed stayed available, right? But if the season yeah, doesn't yeah, get yeah. canceled, they just race them when it matters most, which is the last meet anyway. They don't need to race them at Nuttycomb. That's why they'd be would interesting. Is, it'd be interesting gamesmanship too, because what it would allow you to do if other teams showed their cards earlier, you'd have a better idea of what everybody else is doing in terms of red shirts as well. And yeah. maybe you think, hey this field is really watered down because these people aren't running. Uh, and then you get to the start line and it turns out everybody's running because everybody listened to this podcast and everyone followed Gordon's <laughs> advice for the first time in history. And it's just a, a star studded field on the line in, in Stillwater. And they're all making their season debut at the same time. Well, yeah, I just think that a lot of coaches are going to be super, like are going to basically sabotage their own regular season out of fear of eligibility getting pulled. So, mm-hmm. They're just going to like. That's why I think if we like, they should if they want to try to find a way to be performative with their COVID safety measures. Just say, hey, cross country. All right, uh, no regular season. You guys start cross country on October twenty fifth during conferences, and then you have the you do a three week, three week cross country season. Right, boom. I mean, coaches are gonna be mm-hmm. like, no, you need we need to have meets and all this stuff. But I think. The best teams, that's what the the best team season doesn't start till conferences anyway. And so for some, it doesn't start till regionals if like you have a shitty conference, right? Mm-hmm. But uh yeah. I think that coaches are gonna self uh regulate their own regular season based on the fear of COVID. Mm-hmm. Not the fear of the disease, but the fear of the disease canceling a season. Well I, both though too, because I think they'll be yeah. They're not going to be. They're not going to be flying around. They would just. They're not going to go run unattached. If they live on the west coast, they're not going to go fly to Nuttycomb to run unattached, right? They'll just do that at a yeah. home meet, or they'll find something cl- closer where that that gives them less risk. One more story I want to get to before we go. Uh, this is a headline. Uh, Usain Bolt says he might come back if his coach asks him. <laughs> okay, first of all. Is that like, is he putting pressure on his coach? Because now the media is going to be like, go ask Bolt to come back. Like, and why would a coach ask Bolt to come back? Like, here's the quote. This is from the uh, Staybroke News. The official quote is this If my coach came back and told me, let's do this, I will because I believe so much in my coach. So I know if he says we're going to do this, I know it's possible. Give Glenn Mills a call and I'll be back. I mean, I I look at. Yeah, I look at these quotes and I only have one one word for Coach Glenn Mills. Please, please call Usain Bolt. That would be incredible. And if he's saying you hold the key to the greatest sprinter of all time coming back and all you have to do is ask him, you got to do it. Do it for all of us, Coach Mills. Come on. If he were to do it and he were to come back and then Bolt were to lose... Does that hurt his legacy? No. Or no? It's like the, the no, Wizards no, 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 no. Jordan years. Yeah, 
I mean, it would Bolt's be fun to see Noah Lyles race Usain Bolt in the 200. Like, that's something we never get to see, that we never were yeah. allowed to see, right? Because they're, like, different eras. So that would be cool. Well, well, if, who, yeah, if Bolt were to come back, who do you want to see him race? I want to see him race Lyles in the 200. What would oh, you want to see? Yeah, I mean, you want to see him. That that would be that would be it. That would be the the main attraction. You've already seen him race Coleman and Gatlin, obviously a whole bunch, but he never got really to race Lyles. I don't put a lot of stock into this just because the way things ended. I think in 2017, if he went out on top, uh, I think he would have potentially come back or entertained more of a comeback. But the fact that he lost and was kind of banged up at the end. Now, he has posted all these weird things. Not weird things, but he's left, like, nuggets on Instagram and, like, Twitter. Well, he'll just, like, show a video of him, like, running on the track with cryptic emojis or a cryptic caption. And you're like, oh, my gosh, is he going to is he gonna do it? But for a guy who never – famously never really liked to train, I find it hard to believe that he'll be able to get his bot at, at the age of 33 – which is not ancient, but to do what's necessary to get his body back to where it needs to be when he was, he wanted to retire after Rio, right? And everybody said it's because sponsors wishes that he stayed on through 2017. So I think even getting him through 2017 was a big ask. Um, But if all we have to do is ask coach Glenn Mills, let's get his number. Let's call him up. Let's get him as a guest on the show. Have you ever met Glenn Mills? No, have you? Yeah, he's a big dude. What would he Very say? What would he know. say if you asked him? Okay. I mean, do you think? I mean, Glenn Mills. I mean, he should. He should be. He probably get a paycheck, right? I'm sure if uh, he's coaching Bolt again, he probably get some good old like coaching dollars, right? <laughs> well, he's probably he probably knows Glenn Mills is a very honest person and would tell him a hundred percent if he's fit this. and ready to come back. So he's just, maybe someone would call coach Glenn Mills and say, Hey, should Bolt come back? Like, no, have you seen that guy? He hasn't run in three years. That's, I did. I, I had to drag him to, to, to do 2017 kicking and screaming. Um, is it, could you say that Usain Bolt is the greatest, the greatest laziest athlete of all time? I mean, he's one that's of the greatest. Cool, that's a cool title. Greatest, he's one laziest? of the greatest. Greatest, one of the greatest athletes all time. I always didn't. You always think that stuff was kind of. I mean, I know he didn't like to train, but he like did it right. So he just was kind of public about grumbling. I don't know how. Yeah. I just I I don't believe you I can mean, you run. Have, yeah. I I don't believe you can run nine. Yeah. I think he played. He played a lot of that stuff up, like the chicken nuggets thing, you know. Yeah. And and eating eating fast food in the. Uh, in the Olympic village and all that other stuff. Like he, he played that up uh, a bit. And I think he was always seen in contrast to Johan Blake, which he, Johan Blake's, you know, he was the beast. Right. And his whole thing was, he's just this maniacal worker and he's going a hundred percent all the time at the track. And Bolt was just way more laid back and didn't see it. Like I'll be ready when I'm yeah. ready. But yeah, I don't, I just, I I don't believe you can go nineteen nineteen and nine five eight without be lazy. Without, yeah, no. Yeah, be, I mean maybe performatively lazy. You know, it's not actually because he's still. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't show up and do that without putting in years and years of work. Yeah, yeah. but I do believe he didn't like it. I I do believe when he says I just didn't like this, like I don't like training, because people when people would ask, oh, are you to the four hundred? He's just be like, no, it's like way too much work. Like I'm not gonna do. That. Like I do believe that part of it of him just saying hey i like it because i win races and i get money and i get medals and it's fun to race but i don't like training i believe that because that's isn't that isn't that attitude like 85 percent of people in track and field just in general yeah on any I mean, level? it was it was my attitude i hated yeah. training i only did it because you I like was somewhat good at it yeah yeah and you liked races right you like showing up to the meets and, yeah. and competing like that it was painful but it was still like the trade-off was 
was the worth reward it. was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he I think he was just sort of voicing what a lot of people feel. The difference was he was in this uh in this position to you know transcend human ability. So it's a little more pressure. But Glenn Mills, if you're listening, please tell Usain Bolt to come back. We could use another storyline for the next podcast. 2021. Or the next podcast. Please do it. Please do it. Uh, what do you think he could run? 100 right now. What do you think Bolt could run? Like tomorrow or with six months of training? With six months training. By next Olympics, how fast do you think he could run? I think he could run... Nine, nine, two. Nine, nine, two. By next summer? Yeah. I think you'll, I think you'll go a little faster. If the body's cooperating. That's the big if. If the body's cooperating. Well, that's I want to see it. Oh, I, I'm taking that into, uh, I'm taking that into account. Okay. With okay. body that's cooperating. Fair. Yeah. I think nine, nine, two is it. fair, dude. I think if someone can take three years off and then come back around nine, nine, two, that is impressive. I don't think that's not yeah. impressive. Like that. 992 is fast. He's rested. He's healed up. Is he in shape? I get like is he doing cardio? Did he join a is he doing orange theory or something? I don't know what's going on with him. He ran that 40 at the for, at the football uh at the Super Bowl, right? A couple years ago or that when was that? I've lost track of all time. Anyway. That's it. I'm sorry. That's a bad way to end the show, but I can't remember when you Bolt ran that 40. Did did you and uh, Lincoln have a little party for the hundredth episode? No, I don't think we realized it until after. I heard you guys talk about it, and it was like one hundred one or ninety nine. It wasn't a hundred, right? When you and him were on. Yeah, because uh, Lincoln mislabeled, so we had to go mm. back and fix it. Everything Classic one. You would have been invited if we had a party. Okay. We did not have a party. Yeah, when we're able to see everybody again in the same room, we'll have a we'll have a rap party or something. For season one or two or whatever season we're on, we'll have a party when we do a podcast on in, on like February twentieth of twenty twenty one when it's a full year of podcasts. Okay, that That'll sounds good. the one year anniversary pod. Yeah, it's a good idea. All right, we we'll talk about all of our we see we kind of rate all of our takes and say this is bad take, good take. Oof, Oof. there's a lot of scoring them. system. Yeah, the Hawaiian Marathon featuring Gordon Mack. All right, that's a great flow track podcast. Flowcheck podcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Elon for producing for my co-host Gordon Mack. I'm Kevin Sully. We'll talk to you guys next time.